happy day, Rosa O. Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you had a terrific, wonderful Easter. I had a very peaceful Easter, which has been very different than many previously. So glad to be with you, hoping that you were loving the sunrise, um, although it is getting way too hot too fast for all that snow out there. Anywho, so glad to be with you. It's been a while. Lots of pondering and growing and learning in the midst of it. Wanted to come back and share some thoughts with you. So welcome everybody. I'm glad that you are tuning in and hopefully I have something to share that will help you on your journey or um, at least make you feel the love of God for you and your loved ones. So, um, disclaimer, I am not a professional podcaster, uh, nor scriptorian, nor anything else other than someone that likes to learn from others and grow and progress and many things that people do or say help me on my journey and so I'm hoping something that I will say or do in my lifetime can benefit anybody out there um, and so having said that I do apologize for any noises or background uh, things that go on I try and do my best to make it as professional as possible, but that does not always happen. So what I love to do is share with you episodes of uh, the Come Follow Me manual put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, you can get a physical copy of that at a Desert Books store. Uh, I'm sure you can find it online under desertbooks.com, I believe. Um, if not, you can go online under lds.org and do a library search for Come Follow Me. And um, we do this week by week on that manual. So uh, the week of today is Easter week. So... Um, hoping that you can you know if you feel so inclined to look at it you can follow along it covers april 3rd through the 9th and the title is easter and the subtitle is O grave where is thy victory and so as many of you know that i love to um read a lot and focus on the scriptures so I don't miss anything important and so the actual summary of it is usually the best part that puts it all together um, so I'm gonna go ahead and start with that I'm also going to tell you what the topics are the topics are number one Jesus Christ delivers me from sin and death strengthens me in my weaknesses and comforts me in my trials 
second topic. Many witnesses testify of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Third section, Jesus Christ gives me hope and joy. And there's some wonderful videos uh, about his resurrection and the witnesses of it. And so I definitely um, have been pondering this specific event in my life more lately than previously. I think certain life circumstances can either bring you closer to God and Christ or can take you away depending on how angry and, you know, human you get with all the kind of emotions that you may be going through. So hopefully we all choose to get closer to God in the most difficult of times because they will truly help you bear up what you may be dealing with. And that has been the case for me. So lots to convey personally on this very topic. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It says, During the last week of the Savior's life, many Jews around him were participating in the traditions of Passover. They prepared meals, sang songs, and gathered together to remember the deliverance of the house of Israel from slavery to the Egyptians. Families listened to the stories of the destroying angel passing over the homes of their ancestors who had marked their doors with the Lamb's blood. Amid all these celebrations so rich with the symbolism of deliverance, relatively few were aware that Jesus Christ the Lamb of God was about to deliver them from the slavery of sin and death through his suffering, his death and his resurrection. Even so, there were those who recognized Jesus as their promised Messiah, their eternal deliverer. From that time onward, disciples of Jesus Christ have borne witness to all the world that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. Amazing to me that here is this tradition of the Passover where those that painted their doors with a lamb, with a, a, a the blood of a lamb, were saved from the destroying angel that killed the firstborns um, in that land. And so, very symbolic of the Lamb of God spilling his blood or dying for the world to be able to, uh, you know, overcome their sins, death, their trials and infirmities. Yet, the majority of them didn't recognize the Lamb of God. They crucified him. And that to me, it is like the saddest thing ever 
What would you or I have done had we lived in that day? Would we have been a believer after seeing and hearing of the many miracles he did? Or we or we would have, you know, thought more of our religious leaders and think that they were right? I don't know. I hope that I wouldn't do what they did. But, you know, only God can judge, right? But nonetheless, so much to think about. Um, the first topic, Jesus Christ delivers me from sin and death, strengthens me in my weaknesses, and comforts me in my trials. You know, I have, like many of you, experienced those weaknesses and the trials. And um, death, I kind of seen it as a distant type of thing. Um, except in the last year and a half, I've had to think about my mortality a lot more than I have previously um, and so it's been kind of humbling and I've had to ask myself do I fear it what what is going on and um, I don't know I don't know that I could honestly say that I think I felt different about it at different times I think it certainly as humans, we can fear it. Um, if we get caught up in the, you know, panic of it, and am I prepared? Uh, have I left things prepared for my kids, for my family? I think if you get caught up in that, then you more than likely will fear it. Um, so I've tried to kind of stay away from that um, but certainly there's an aspect of what if right that happened tomorrow uh, what would it look like for my loved ones that I leave behind and so therefore it's prompted me to if you will um, put my house in order somewhat so that it's not too much for those left behind, if that happens. And so thinking about things like that and um, going through the things that you need to put in order can definitely make you look at your mortality in a more real way than we normally think of, right? Um, we don't always pay attention to every breath we take and every step we make until your health makes you look at it very closely. And so that's where I've been. And so it's been very, very sobering. Um, and so... Yes, this very topic of Jesus Christ delivers me from sin and death, strengthens me in my weaknesses, and comforts me in my trials. 
uh, it has been put to the test completely um, in this last year and a half. And so I'm going to share some of that with you on this very important occasion. But I'm going to read through what it says here so that you guys can, you know, maybe get out of it what may be important to you. So the topic we'll read from the New Testament, Matthew uh, chapter 21 through 28. And it says, one way to focus on the blessings of the Savior's atonement this week is to spend time each day reading about the last week of Jesus' life. Um, it says, what do you find in these chapters that helps you feel the Savior's love? Um, how, um, it says, he can deliver you from sin, death, trials, and weaknesses. And how are you exercising faith and the power of deliverance and his power of deliverance? And so it goes through some bullet points. And the first one, you know, it has you look at uh, Sunday, which was last Sunday, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So, you know, the they call it Palm Sunday. Um, and then... Monday, the cleansing of the temple. Tuesday, teaching in Jerusalem. Wednesday, continued teaching. Thursday, the Passover, um, Christ suffering in Gethsemane. Friday, the trial, crucifixion, and burial. Saturday, Christ's body lies in the tomb. And Sunday, Jesus Christ's resurrection and appearance to his disciples. So it's been a packed week, uh, full with lots of reading and some great videos for those of you that want to dive into that or have. So um, looking at this week, I've focused on the... miracles that he has made through his life especially during his you know um ministry before the atonement and i love it i absolutely love the fact that here is the son of god uh fulfilling prophecy prophecy that the people have been learning about and reading about and studying about and yet they were missing the mark when he was already among them they didn't recognize him how could that be how can we miss the mark so badly how can we have the literal son of God making these marvelous miracles among us and still not recognize him as the son of God. So going through those miracles that he performed, I look at the people that he blessed with those miracles and those people were the people that were shunned in society by the very people that profess to know 
God and looking for the Messiah. Um, they were outcast. They were sinners like you and I. They had some serious health issues that kept them from being part of society like leprosy and some blood issues and um, you know I mean he walked on water and allowed Peter to walk with him a normal man like you and I to actually experience that kind of a miracle on his own mortal body um, he raised you know, the daughter of Jairus from the dead and the son of a widow who would be left alone. And in those days in society, you were literally nothing if you didn't have a son or a man in your life. And so I, a lot of these miracles he did out of love and compassion, all of them out of love and compassion to come to show us he loves all of us. You know, and he focused on the love of Heavenly Father for us, his children, and how he understands that we're sinful. He understands um, that we're going through some very tough things he understands that we don't know the gospel and his doctrine the way that we should because our teachers have missed the mark and are only teaching the minuscule points of doctrine, right? They're focusing on the outer vessel and how you look and what you say and what you do in front of others. But inwardly, we are sinful as can be. So, you know, he called the Pharisees and the scribes, those that consider themselves to be the learned priests and religious leaders of the day, he called them hypocrites because they were ready to kill people based on what they look like, uh, what infirmities or diseases they had, or um, the things they said. Um, you know, they would stone you to death for something that they would consider blasphemy. Um, they, you know, were nitpickers at the Sabbath and just made people's lives miserable and following something like 671 rules. Um, and when Christ came, he said like, wow, no, they have missed the mark. This is about cleansing the inward man, the natural man from the inside out. What's in your heart? What's in your mind? Um, do you love God? Do you want to change? 
um, the stuff that really is important, right? And so this Pharisees and scribes would look upon him and say, well, you're, if you were really a prophet, you wouldn't be eating with these bunch of sinners, etc. And he would say things like, well, I came in to redeem the sinners and not those that are, you know, righteous. Um, things like that where he would leave them confounded completely. So in any event, um, all of these readings in here are fabulous. Um, I, um, you know, there's not like just a single thing that I would want to read to you specifically, but um, I'm just going to focus a little bit on the cleansing of the temple, and I'm going to read that to you. And it says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what we say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. So here they were nitpicking. They were so unhappy that they were calling him, singing Hosanna to the son of David. They focus on the words instead of, you know, seeing that the blind and the lame were being healed by him. I don't know how much more blind we can be than to deny the very miracles that we're seeing, right? And so, sad, I hope I never get to be at that point well, better yet, let's put it this way. I have been at that point uh, earlier when I was younger in my life. I was so angry and so upset at this world that created so much pain for others. Um, but I knew that there was something better. And then the gospel came in. And so that was awesome that I was able to find that and be able to focus on what was truly important and so I am grateful that I was read or led to the right source that could help me understand who I am my purpose here on earth etc and so I hope that you 
got this from the reading that you understand that I guess at some time in our life we will be blinded by the things of the world and what they say about Jesus Christ. But just remember, he came for all of us. He came to free us from all the different ways of slavery that you and I can experience in this life. And believe me, there are many. And even when we think we are free, we are not because we have people in our government trying to control everything in our lives. And that's not the way God intended it. So therefore, we know we're fighting a spiritual battle, uh, one that has already been won. Jesus Christ won the victory over slavery, um, over death, over sins, over the trials and injustices of the world, over our infirmities, our sicknesses and afflictions, mental health, health challenges, our weaknesses, you know, the sins we love, you know, some of us may like, you know, I don't know, um, things that are not healthy for us, but everything is unhealthy for us, right, to a certain degree. Um, but you know, there's just, we have addictions of everything, even to chocolate and exercise and to eating tons of carbs and sugar. I mean, you name it, we are slaves in many ways, but yet we think we're free, you know, and we're not. So he came to help us overcome all of that. And I don't know about you, but... When you try to overcome all of that by yourself, oh my gosh, it is the most horrid uphill battle that you will engage in. On some things you may succeed, um, but if you think that you got there by yourself, then we are more lost than if we wouldn't have, because it takes a lot of support from people around us, from, you know, things that have been created to make our lives easier uh, in certain ways if we use them wisely. Um, and it definitely takes divine guidance and intervention, but we don't always recognize that divine guidance and intervention when we're so high up on ourselves, right? Because of the degree or certification we may had or the experience of how long we've done something, we always think we're better than somebody else. And yeah, the scriptures say, you know, oh men, when ye are wise, you think that you know everything and you said it not, the guidance and counsels of God. And so, yeah, that's literally what you and I do. But understanding that we need help along our journey when all of these things are coming our way and looking for that help heavenward, uh, 
will make life so much easier. And so I am grateful that I've been able to focus a little bit more on not what I can do to overcome my current health issues, but that I am relying on him as much as possible. I mean, I kid you not, I ask him all kinds of things throughout the day because I know that he will help me and he has helped me. So I just want you to know how he truly died to make our life easier and he has truly taught me that in the last year and a half because I definitely have chosen to focus more on him during these trials. Um, the second topic says, many witnesses testify of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says here, imagine what it would have been like for the disciples to watch Jesus being mocked, mistreated, and crucified. They had witnessed his power, felt the truth of his teachings, and had faith that he was the Son of God. Witnessing his death must have caused his disciples to feel grief and confusion, but soon they became witnesses of the great miracle of his resurrection. What can you learn from the accounts of those who witnessed the resurrected Savior? And so there's tons of scriptures here um, that tell us, you know, um, how he appeared to them. I'm just going to focus on um, probably one that you and I um, would probably get hung over um, and there's I think I'm gonna find it here Let's see um, where Matthew um, was not there when he came to see the apostles first, um, Matthew or Thomas, excuse me, Thomas. Thomas is the one that doubted that he came as a resurrected being. So um, it says here, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came and the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus the doors being shut and stood in the midst of it and said peace be unto you then said he to Thomas reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it in my side and be not faithless 
by believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And so that was found in John chapter 20, verses 19 to 29. So Thomas is pretty much you and I, right? We've been there when we don't believe something that happened unless we've seen it with our own eyes type of thing. Uh, luckily, I don't get hung up on that all the time, especially when it comes to religion. I, When my heart feels it and my mind is enlightened, I know it's true. And I have completely felt that left and right in my life. So, in the gospel. And then another count of the story um, is found in, you know, there was that when he saw the apostles, a couple of the apostles as they were on their way uh, and the road to uh, Emmaus, I believe it's called. And then when he first came to all of the apostles and Thomas was not there, they were afraid when they saw him and he says why are you like afraid and thinking all these things in your mind uh, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones like I do come to me and feel the my hands etc and so that's what you know that is who the apostles who had walked with him seen miracles and everything still found it hard to believe of his resurrection, but they were able to witness and touch him and feel who he was. Um, and so did Thomas. So all of them were blessed to to feel that um, and to know that it was him. In this part of the world, in the Americas, um, a similar account happened after his uh, resurrection and after he uh, left them he came actually to this part of the world and um, the people here in the Americas had been taught about him and his death and resurrection and this part of the land experienced you know the earthquakes and everything that came with his death and the three days of darkness etc and so they knew the Savior had died they knew when he was born, they knew when he had died. And um, after three days of darkness, which is, I guess, is the time of his, before his resurrection, um, he came to visit them. And so these people were gathered and they were talking about Jesus Christ, who the sign had been given concerning his death. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about. For they understood not the voice which they had heard, and it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding it being a small voice, it did pierce them um, that 
did here to the center in so much that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake. Yea, it did pierce them to the very soul and did cause their hearts to burn. And it says, um, they heard that voice three times. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard, and it said unto them, Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. And then it says, And it came to pass that they understood, and they cast their eyes up again towards heaven, and behold, they saw a man descending out of heaven, and he was clothed in a white robe, and he came down and stood in the midst of them. And the eyes of the whole multitude were turned upon him, and they durst not open their mouths, even one to another, and was not that it meant, for they thought it was an angel that had appeared unto them. And it came to pass that he stretched forth his hand and spake unto them, saying, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, whom the prophets testified should come un into the world. And behold, I am the light and the life of the world, and I have drunk out of the bitter cup which the Father hath given me, and have glorified the Father in taking upon me the sins of the world, and the which I have suffered the will of the Father in all things from the beginning. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, the whole multitude fell to the earth, for they remembered that it had been prophesied among them that Christ should show himself unto them after his ascension into heaven. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto them, saying, Arise and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands into my side, and also that your hands into my side, and also that you may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet, that ye may know that I am the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth, and have been slain for the sins of the world. And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side, and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands, and in his feet, and this they did do, going forth one by one until they all had gone forth, and did see with their eyes, and did feel with their hands, and did feel with their hands, and did know of a surety, and did bear record that it was he, of whom it was written by the prophets that should come. And when they had all gone forth, and had witnessed for themselves, they did cry out with one accord, saying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. And they did fall down in the feet of Jesus and did worship him. So, wow. What an unbelievable experience. The people that lived in the Americas experienced. I, I mean, it wasn't just 12 people or... A few people that saw the resurrection like they did in the old world in Jerusalem area. It was a whole population. The righteous ones that were left after all the destruction of the earthquakes and fires uh, on those three days uh, when he died. 
unbelievable. There are so many witnesses of his resurrection. And actually, the people in the old world in Jerusalem felt the nails, the holes of the, or the nails of his hands and feet. And so did the people here. Um, two witnesses of the same thing. We are not, you know, it's not something that you can dispute. And so, so grateful. Um, that was found in the Book of Mormon. And it's um, called Third Nephi chapter 11 for those of you that would like to look into that reading. Um, and so... I am just thankful that I can read these scriptures and get to ask God if this truly did happen and I get that confirmation that nobody can take away from me. I'm not asking a religious leader. I'm not asking a prophet, um, although we do have one and I can believe what he says. Um, I'm not asking anybody. This is something personal that you and I can know for ourselves. Um, that, you know, he is telling us uh, who he is and why he came into the world to help us free ourselves from sin. Um, and so... There, the part of you know all these witnesses. I am thankful that I don't have to be like Thomas, who wouldn't believe unless he saw him. I am glad that I don't. I'm not one of those people. Uh, yet I know there's many that are that way, um, and I have some of them in my own family. But you know, he said, "Blessed are they who believe." without seeing you can feel the truth and the reality of this resurrection without having been there without having seen Jesus and I'm telling you when he says that he has power to deliver us he does I've experienced the power of his atonement more so in the last year and a half than I have Previously, my whole life, just because I've had to look at my own mortality and look at what is important in life and evaluate whether all my dreams and, and goals that I had were aligned with what, you know, God has said it's worth. Um, more in this life and so I'm how can I put it to you I don't know if you call it the scales of darkness have been falling off my eyes slowly here in this last year and a half or um the slumber I've been in because of so many things that the world throws at us that uh, we kind of have to wake up to figure out where we're at in life and the reality of where we're at in the world. And so I've done that 
a lot more this last year and a half. And putting my house in order, I've also put my priorities in order. I can already tell you that my vision board looks a lot different than what it was prior to all of this. Um, that you start valuing the relationships in your life with your children and your loved ones a lot more than you previously had. That you start chipping away at all of the things that have held you back and let go of those to focus more on God and Christ. And when you do that, it's amazing what happens. And I am happy to see the results that are coming from that, although I must admit it's been painful to stare at your mortality and think, wow, am I ready to go? Um, no, I've honestly told myself, no, I'm not. Um, I mean, if it's God will, I guess I accept it, but am I ready? No. I, um, I want to be here to meet my grandchildren. I only have one right now and one on the way. Um, I want to enjoy my posterity a little bit longer. I, there's so many things, so many people I wish I could help. I haven't, um, you know, I, I definitely don't feel that I'm ready. Uh, am I afraid? I feel like I'm less afraid now than I was on the onset of this because I felt so unprepared. I've slowly prepared myself a little bit better and trying to leave some things in place uh, so it's less of a mess on my loved ones. Uh, I am definitely more at peace and accepting uh, that, you know, if it's my time, it's my time. Um, so definitely the fear is not there. Um, you know, um, do I feel that my faith is strong and that I can overcome? Absolutely. Not that it can't be strengthened anymore. Not that it, it uh, won't help me overcome. No, I, I, I know it's helping me overcome on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute. You have... No idea how God and Christ are willing to help you minute by minute to help you relieve of pain or mm -hmm. physical ailments or your busy mind that keeps you from sleeping because it's so anxious or because you are afraid. I've had to ask them to help me. And they do. 
they do. I call him that master healer. After I do everything that I can to help myself with my health and um, to go to the doctors and figure things out. And when it's still unclear, unknown, then I know that I have done everything I can. And then I turn it over to them and said, not sure what else to do, but I sure need some peace right now, some comfort. I sure need some sleep. I would love it if you help me get this pain out of my system just so that I can rest. And they do, they do. I have never felt their love, their power in giving me comfort and rest and some good days and midst of all of this they really helped me to stay strong and so I have experienced what the atonement part of the atonement and what it was meant to do for all of us I have experienced that many times over There's no way that if I didn't have God, my Father, and Christ with me daily, minute by minute, to call upon and to have the faith knowing that they will answer me when I need it or when the time is right, I wouldn't be here anymore. But they have sure made it bearable and given me strength when I feel I don't have any, giving me answers when I feel like I've hit a wall. Um, I mean, I, I can't. I would spend countless hours here telling you all the different little miracles they have done for me throughout my whole life, but more specifically in this last year and a half i mean answers being given through co-workers and family and friends that love me and pray for me and think about me and you know i've had to humble myself and say i know that people are god's hands here on the earth so i know he's going to try and help me through other people and through specialist and knowledgeable people and I don't have to think inside the box I can go outside of the box knowing that God more than anyone sees the whole picture and he's leading me and guiding me to the right people and right people that know how to help me and I am able to feel truth when I'm learning and growing on things that I may not understand. I know that they're leading me all the way through, so. 
there is no fear in that sense. He conquered death. You and I will conquer death. This is not it. The next life is the more important one. But we get to prove how we will live the next life based on how we've overcome or are bearing our trials and our weaknesses here and whether we accept Christ as our Savior or not. And I'm telling you, life is so much lonelier and hard without them. Why wouldn't you? I don't know for those that don't. I I can only imagine that life was just a big black hole um, where ambitions can only give you so much, I don't know, fulfillment because I've been there. Um, but you have this black hole in your life that is not full because you're missing the light of Christ and you're missing what the atonement can do for you when you accept help and you accept your not God's gift to earth um, and what you know and what you can do and accomplish for yourself so I ramble on too much but I just wanted to acknowledge that this Easter Sabbath Sunday is truly a celebration of the biggest miracle in the entire humanity or existence of the universe and creation. We have the greatest gift that God has given us in his son, Jesus Christ, who came to pay the price for you and I to overcome our sins if we choose to repent and give them up for a better life, overcome death, because we know this is not the end. When we die here, we will be resurrected and be able to be with families and loved ones again. We can overcome our infirmities, whatever sickness or ailment or mental health or things that are happening in your body and mind, disappointments, whatever, and our trials, our weaknesses, those things that are the hardest for us to overcome. He has paid the price. You just have to pick a side and say, I'm going to wear the Christ shirt or I'm going to wear the shirt the world offers me. You choose, but telling you, nothing is worth it but him. And so on this Easter Sunday, I am here to say he is risen. I know that my Redeemer lives. I believe in Christ. I sure hope that the resurrection will give you the hope of the better life to come for you and your loved ones. You're not alone. You don't have to carry the load and your burdens and your pains and your disappointments and your pain.
pain in your illnesses and your mental health issues all by yourself. You don't have to. They're here to help us. Christ is here. You just have to keep them in focus. Have them to be the focus and center of your life. And he will be there with you minute by minute like he has been with me in this last year and a half. And so with that, I don't know what else to say other than I want to leave you with a scripture um, about him and what he has done for those that have been his biggest advocates. Um, I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite people. Um, he is Moroni, and uh, he kind of is bidding farewell to the civilization that he grew up with because they became unbelievers and left their beliefs and faith and he knew that they were going to be destroyed. And so this is what he said. And now I, Moroni, bid farewell unto the Gentiles, yea, and also unto my brother in whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. And then shall ye know that I have seen Jesus, and that he hath talked with me face to face, and that he told me in plain humility, even as a man telleth another in my own language concerning these things. So Moroni leaves his testimony as well, that Jesus lives, he is the Christ, and that if we turn to him, this life will be so much more joyous and bearable. More than anything, you and I will be working for the better life in the next life, the one that really is going to count. So atonement to me means, if you break it down, at one meant. And to me, that means that Christ came to help us be at one again, at one with Christ and God again. He wants us to be part of their life again. And that was the whole purpose of his sacrifice for us, to bring us back to the Father, to bring us back to their lives in the next life. And so I hope you are focusing more on the life to come than on what you can get here. The prophet Russell M. Nelson just said in one of his talks, I hope that you are not so concerned in building a mansion here that you are forgetting and only have a tin roof in the next life to have as a home or something to that effect. I sure hope it's the opposite, that we are not so focused on what riches or wealth we can acquire here, but that we focus on the life to come and put Christ and God as our main focus. And that is my prayer for you and your family 
on this happy Easter Sabbath. This is Rosa Garcia with Why Jesus signing off.